Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. The flash of a bomb and then another. In an instant, our world is changed. We are glued to screens of all sizes, the false comfort of flashing pixels besieging us with information. The screens consume us. We are consumed by the full catastrophe, the full knowledge and horror. We run on the adrenaline that rises in waves to combat sensory overload, and then We wait and pace, sheltered in place, strangely, willingly, gratefully, imprisoned in our homes, the streets of our post-apocalyptic city empty, while armed officers scour our streets and backyards. Bearing witness to mayhem and heroism, we tilt wildly between bottomless sorrow and tears of pride. But the distance between us and what unfolds on those screens is also dehumanizing. Can you hear yourself think? Can you manage more than bursts of confusion and anger, sadness and grief? Can you feel your humanity? And now, how can we begin to process all that transpired in those few long days? How do we begin to live again in the aftermath of catastrophe. This morning, I want to share a little bit about recovering from trauma. In this time together, let us come to rest and reflect and refresh our souls. After a traumatic experience when our sense of safety and trust are shattered, it's normal to feel frightened, sad, anxious, numb, disconnected, and a little crazy. It's very common to have nightmares and to find it difficult to stop thinking about what happened. These are normal reactions to abnormal events. For most of us, these symptoms will be short-lived. As the shock abates, the symptoms will lift. Some of us, however, get stuck. 
Post-traumatic stress disorder is the result of remaining in shock. PTSD is characterized by re-experiencing the trauma with intrusive memories and flashbacks, avoiding re-engaging in life, having a hard time feeling anything, having trouble focusing, feeling mistrustful, being hypervigilant, and feeling guilty, ashamed, irritable, alienated, depressed. If you or someone you know is experiencing PTSD, please speak with me or with anyone on the ministry team. It's important to know that there's help, good help. And the earlier you get it, the better. For the rest of us, there are several ways to transform and heal our experience of trauma. And I'm going to share four ways that will help. We're already doing the very first thing we can do for ourselves and for one another. Connect. Don't isolate. Be with others. We're here together this morning, and it's critical that we keep showing up. Everyone in this city has a story about Marathon Monday and about sheltering in place during the manhunt that, that Friday. Just keep telling your stories and talking through your feelings. When Copley Square reopened on Wednesday, patrons bounced from bar to bar, some leaving $20 tips after just ordering one drink. Hotel staff and bartenders patronized their competitors to try to spread the money around. Restaurants sent food to employees at other restaurants that were still cleaning up after the blasts. Connect. I learned this lesson during the AIDS crisis. My friend Ronnie and I were part of a circle of caregivers in the trenches, eviscerated by some particularly horrible death or shattered by some new diagnosis. We'd all gather and in being together find the strength to carry on. But Ronnie never joined us. He remained detached, dealing with it on his own, in his own way, or so we thought. And then one day, when the worst was over, about six months after the discovery of the antiretroviral cocktail that brought people living with AIDS back from the brink of death, Ronnie was in the produce department choosing melons. And in digging through the bin, he uncovered a completely rotten melon. He backed away stricken, and then turn and walked out of the supermarket. A mutual friend found him curled up in a little ball, sobbing inconsolably. He was incapacitated for weeks. And later, as Ronnie told the story, he just said simply, the melon was dead. Obviously, it was not about the melon. So we can grieve now, or we can grieve later, but we will grieve. Opting to put off working through trauma now only ensures that it will fester and sneak up on us when we least expect it and make our lives a misery later.
first way we can begin to heal from trauma is connect. A second way is to just say no to alcohol and other drugs. Anything we put between ourselves and our truth, the truth of our experience, will only serve to numb us, to make us angrier and more depressed, and to separate us from each other and from help. Whatever temporary benefit we experience from self-medicating will be outweighed by the ways that over time it amplifies the effects of trauma. Connect. Just say no to alcohol and other drugs. And a third way we can deal with the aftermath of trauma is to get out and get into nature. The night after the bombings, after the healing service here, we filed out of the sanctuary in a candlelight vigil surrounding the lagoon in the public garden. And while I had envisioned it as a kind of lighting up the darkness, love wins gesture, a gesture of defiance, it was profoundly soothing and peaceful to be outside. American writer and farmer Wendell Berry wrote, when despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be. I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water. And I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. Connect. Just say no to alcohol and other drugs. Get out into nature. And a fourth way to begin to heal and transform our experience of trauma is to challenge helplessness. Trauma is the aftermath of having been rendered completely out of control, vulnerable and powerless. It's up to us to muster the will and find the ways to determine to overcome any image of ourselves as helpless or hopeless. We are, in fact, able helpers, and there is hope. The words of dear Mr. Rogers, of all people, went viral on Facebook. When I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, he said my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. To this day, he continued, especially in times of disaster, 
I remember my mother's words, and I am always comforted by realizing that there are still so many helpers, so many caring people in this world. On the Wednesday after the bombings, Hiba Abolaban, a 26-year-old physician, was pushing her nine-month-old daughter in a stroller down Commercial Street in Malden when she was attacked by a crazed Islamophobe. This past Monday evening, many of us from Arlington Street made our way to Malden for an interfaith service for peace, organized in response to the attack. It was standing room only, a powerful testament to a community that will not stand for bigotry and violence in its midst. One of the best ways to challenge hopelessness, to feel a sense of agency in our lives again, and to reclaim our power is to show up and be counted. Labor organizer Mother Jones said, pray for the dead and fight like hell for the living. We challenge hopelessness every time. Every time you raise your hand and volunteer, give money, give yourself, and throw your weight to stand on the side of love. Just one more thing. A young man grew up very near here and graduated with lots of friends from one of our public high schools. He won a scholarship and he began to attend one of our public colleges. And then somehow at 19 years old, he went on a killing spree. The latest in a long line of young men with similar stories. Another young man had been missing from Brown University for more than a week and was briefly accused of committing that crime. His body was found in the Providence River this past Thursday, an apparent suicide. His family said this, this last month has changed our lives forever and we hope it will change yours too. Be open to letting in someone when it is you who are faltering. Take care of one another. Be gentle, be compassionate. Lend your hand. We need it. The world needs it. We may never know what happened to the Boston Marathon bomber or to the Brown student. We may never really know what happens to our very lost boys. But let us search our souls and do what we can to do better by them and by our children who are after all, all ours, we are called to stand on the side of love. Beloved spiritual companions, our world is changed. We are changed. 
as we and the city we love begin to heal. May we remember to connect. Just say no to alcohol and other drugs. Get out and challenge helplessness. May we be changed for the better. May we stand on the side of love. Amen.